Joining us now, my good friend, Chris Wheeler. Hours before the World Series, let's at least get the most important part out of the way, which is very important. Tell Renee I said happy birthday. <laughs> that's that's really nice of you. She, I think she probably has you on the computer downstairs. She likes to critique our show. <laughs> what bothers me is you always come out great, and she's like the other guy. <laughs> hey, that, that that tweet was great, and I was thinking that comes. That's when somebody says in baseball, we just need two more guys to get there, and you say, yeah, Ruth and Garrick. <laughs> that would put us over the top. We're good. I feel, do I feel it. Great. Care. Maybe we could add Mays and Aaron, and then we'll get better. Yeah. By the way, your your request to me. Um, working on it and i think i've made significant progress okay thank you my, thank you my friend you know i wouldn't uh, wouldn't ask you unless it was I something special so i appreciate it i understand that. no no I, I i brought it to some people <laughs> yesterday and everybody went really <laughs> <laughs> well i felt you know. I, I felt that was significant progress yeah that is significant progress so you'll let me know and i told my friend uh, yeah. with the phillies that you'll let the, that i'll let them know eventually yeah so we'll you go, got it we'll leave it at yep. thanks we'll we'll we're gonna make it work okay, okay. so thanks, what what a great moment see we take care of the personal stuff in the air too uh <laughs> <laughs> why not what what a great moment for the franchise i mean you know as you've lived this your whole life and to see this run that they've made, how much fun has it been while also being nerve-wracking at the same time? <laughs> you know, it's so different. Uh, uh, you don't know. You, you don't know what I'm going to talk about because I always felt like I had something to do with it when I was there. So during the yeah. games, we were on radio, except for you know 1980 in the World Series. So you know, you're always doing something, and you're you were busy, and your mind was. I am just a mess right now trying to watch mm. these games and uh and and not walk around and occasionally want to toss something or you know how can they not make that you know, all the things you would never do when you're a professional and on the air so it, it it's been great steve because it came out of no heck i didn't think we'd beat the cardinals to be honest with you and to, to see them go that far and to do what they've done right now and really create a you know another generation of baseball fans in this area uh, because this team is really so, um, they really know how to relate to the to the fans here. They get it. They totally understand how to give something back, and they're good. And they have stars. Uh, you know, Houston's a better team, obviously on paper, but you know, that's why you play them? That's why we're going to play Ohio State tomorrow. I got to throw that. Yeah. In. But the, exactly. you know that that's why you do those things. Well, exactly. And you probably feel now you can relate to a player that is injured where they sit back and they feel helpless and they're like and they'll tell you every single time and probably a multitude of players have told you this over the years this is great because I, I feel like I can do something about it and you're in that spot now where you can't, where even though you you, know, you can't exactly uh, it's awful it really is it's great and it's awful hey don't get me wrong I I'm so proud of the organization and happy for I had my run. I had a great run. It was so much fun to be around it. But there's so many people down there. You know, you go from 2008 to 2000, you know, 2022 with the COVID where people were laid off or left the organization. There's so many new people there right now. I've never been through anything like this. And I'm just so happy for them because it's, 
it's hard to put in words when you're when you're a part of this. And when I was watching those champagne celebrations, I thought the years that I was one down there doing those interviews, you know, trying to talk while they put when the champagne was in your ears and they're pouring water down my pants and everything, you know, those kind of <laughs> things to try and concentrate. Uh, or they dump an ice bucket on you or those kind of things. So, you know, you can put yourself in that situation and I I'm just so happy for the for the people in the organization and doing our radio guy Scott Kransky has gotten a lot of notoriety for his wonderful calls and mm-hmm. Tom yep. McCarthy's gotten to do more now because of uh the fact that he's the number one T V guy. So it's all good. Real good. All right. When I look at this team, uh, and I think this is this is an interesting element. What doesn't Houston have? They don't have a left-handed reliever on the World Series roster. Last I checked, there are a couple of potent left-handed bats there in the Phillies lineup. What's your thought on that? Yeah, it's a great point. I think they added Will Smith to that. You know who? Uh, okay. They did not have on the roster for the last series uh, when they played the Yankees. And the reason they did it is for what you just talked about, you know, for Harper and, and Schwarber yep. and Stott and those kind of left-handed hitters. Now, Will Smith, at one time, he's kind of like Brad Hand, who, who the Phillies have. You know, at one time, they were really, really good, and right now they're serviceable at best. And, you know, you don't necessarily want to use them, but you may have to. Like, they may have to use Smith, or um, we may have to use Brad Hand for Alvarez, for Alvarez at some time. You're not Alvarez, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, they don't have a big time. Now, I've also watched enough of their games, Steve, and you've done a lot of baseball. Sometimes you can have a right-hander on your team that has a real good fadeaway changeup, that kind of yep. thing. Uh, like that guy Suarez on Sunday that Harper wound up uh, uh, hitting an amazing home runoff. Well, those guys can sometimes be as effective as a, as a left-hander, as a funky left-hander. So, you know, it's, it's, you're right. That may be the only thing you look at with that team that they don't have that's big time. And yet they have these right-handers that throw those really good fadeaway change-ups that, uh, that can really neutralize a good left-handed hitter. As someone who's lived the playoffs so often during the course of your great career, what did it mean to have a one-two punch at the start of the rotation when you got to a series? Well, it was really, really important in those shorter series, especially um, – Sometimes you get exposed a little bit in a seven-game. I've always said the better team usually wins in the seven-game series. It doesn't always happen, but and I've always felt it's because of pitching depth, uh, which Houston has and the Phillies don't have right now as far as starting pitching depth. But those two, those first two guys that uh, that we have, the Phillies have, are really good. I mean, Nolan, my namesake, Wheeler, Zach Wheeler, are yeah. just they're outstanding competitors. Uh, they don't have a real, you know, I love that new term. They don't have a heartbeat or a pulse. You know. You, you look at their faces and they don't change expression. Uh, you know, if they're, if they're good or bad, they're just hanging in there and trying to get, make the next pitch uh, if they made a bad pitch. So when those two guys are on the mound, um, you think you have a really good chance. You know, tonight, Nolan Verlander is a heck of a matchup in Game mm-hmm. 1 of the World Series. And, you know, I, the World Series doesn't get the ratings that it used to get, like a lot of things don't. But uh, I hope people, uh, you know, around the country will be tuned in a little bit to watch that matchup because – it's really good. They have uh, great defense. Uh, they have a very good offense. And the Phillies have a thunder-packed offense that when it's yeah. on and a pitcher isn't on its A, on its a game, uh, you know, they could do some damage. So we'll see. It should be fun. You know, it, it's interesting that when they get to the World Series, you know, you and I have talked about World Series pressure. 
the fact that they've had to survive playoff series to get here, does that negate some of that World Series, quote, inexperience? Sure can. Uh, they're hot, too. You know, they're the, they were the last seed. If they, weren't, if they didn't add that third uh, wild card this year, the Phillies don't even get to do that, any of this. Right. And there's, there's a huge differential in wins between the Phillies and the Astros. It may be the, the largest in World Series history. I don't know, but it's got to be close to it. So, you know, on paper, but I always looked at when you were playing a hot team, like the Cardinals, we at least won 100 and some games in, in 2011, the last time we were in yeah. postseason. Cardinals mm-hmm. came in and knocked us off in five games, the last one being that one to nothing masterpiece. Um, uh, it, it, when Ryan Howard uh, blew his Achilles on the last play of the game, that was the last yeah. time the team was back. So they were hot. And the year before, we were the best team, I thought. And then the Giants came in and they were red hot and knocked us out. So you just don't know. So, yeah, I, I, Agree with you. It, you you could help. It, it could happen. I don't think they're nervous about this. And from what I hear from people that I know in the clubhouse, and I talk to them, they really enjoy each other. They're having a lot of fun. They figure they're playing with house money right now. So let's go out and be in the World Series and uh, and shock the world. Why not? Hey, I mean, it seems like it's a team that has the attitude of quote Why not us? I mean, the bottom line is the toughest part was to qualify for the tournament. Well, now once oh. you get in, you, you, you can do it. Like, the Packers were a sixth seed that won the Super Bowl. The Steelers were a number six seed. They won the Super Bowl. I mean, so, you know, last seeds can do it. Yeah. Um, Charlie Manuel, uh, the great philosopher, <laughs> old Chuck, he used to say, you know, son, you have to be good, but you got to be lucky. Those foul balls have yeah. to be fair balls. And uh, yeah. he was so right about that stuff. Uh, you have to have – look. When you look at some of the things that happened with our club in the postseason, some of the some of the balls that against the Atlanta Braves, you know, broken bats and bloopers, and against the Cardinals and that that ninth inning down two to nothing, and all of a sudden you get six runs and you don't hit a ball hard. Those little things have to go your way uh, uh, in postseason, especially. And when they do, um, all of a sudden you, you know you get to you get to be an even better team and think you know you can beat anybody. So they. Uh, they have a lot of things going for them right now. And the one thing that I really, truly believe, and, you know, maybe be turn out to be wrong about this, but I don't think they're scared. I don't think that it bothers them uh, no. to be on this big stage after what they've been through the last few weeks. And they can't wait to get it back here because, as you know, Steve, and I know you watch games and, and know what it's like down here, this crowd has been ridiculous <laughs> during this postseason. <laughs> you know, they haven't had a chance to hoot and holler like this for a long time. And, oh, my, they are intimidating. I mean, they are letting loose. I do have to ask you a Charlie Manuel question. Um, <laughs> and, that, and that's because it came up today. A good friend of mine, Rick Berry, was here today, um, and we were talking. And we are talking about people who do jobs, and I brought your name up as, because I knew I was going to be talking to you today. And I said, you know, there's certain people that can do a job they understand the job, but the really good ones have a feel for the job, which you always did. Okay, it's just it's it's a separator to me. Charlie Manuel, I, I, Charlie Manuel, I always felt like like no matter what people thought, he had a feel for the job, and I'm not sure every manager or or coach is like that today. Well, thanks for for what you said because there is a feel involved, and and you know exactly what it is. So. Uh, when you're doing what we do for a living, as you do. Uh, and you're right spot on about Charlie. Um, 
And I'm telling you, uh, I know him a little bit, but I know from what I've been told about him and from people I really respect down there, Rob Thompson's just like him, without the accent. Yeah. He mm-hmm. uh, he has a feel for when to have to say something to somebody, when to leave him alone, when to tell a guy he's playing tomorrow, uh, when to prop a guy up when they're struggling. Hey, look, baseball's the ultimate failure sport. You're going to fail. No matter how good you are, you're going to fail big time. Make it out seven out of ten times, you hit three hundred. So he really is a lot like Charlie, from what I from what I hear. He has total control of that clubhouse. He lets the coaches do what they have to do. Uh, a good manager will always use his coaching staff, uh, and Rob evidently does that because he was a coach for so long and gets it. Um, you know, I heard Larry Boa told us the other day, I was out playing golf with him the other day. That's an experience. Spent five and a half hours in an outing with him. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only, you know. Um, he said Rob Thompson talked in spring training like, you know, I'm about ready to hang it up. I've had a good career. I've been a coach for so long. Uh, maybe this is going to be it for me. And what happens? Bam. Joe Girardi gets fired. He becomes a manager. Uh, he, he figures it all out uh, on how to run the clubhouse for this particular team. He took a lot from working with Joe Torre all those years, and now he's uh, he's in the World Series as a manager and got a two-year contract a few weeks ago. And one of, I've known him from, from training over the years, and one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. And uh, he, and just the way he comes off, like not having a pulse when you look at him in the dugout, that's yep. the way he is with these players, and they're very relaxed when they play for him. All right, now I have to be fair. Now you have your shot. Go ahead. It's <laughs> <laughs> always part of the deal. Let me make a statement, and then you tell me. All right, okay. you got an aerial circus like nothing you've ever seen. you got a quarterback mm-hmm. that may win the Heisman Trophy. you got four wideouts that will go to the NFL. you got two running backs. Maybe both of them are going to go to the NFL. And you got a defense with not a great big star, but seems to be better than they've been before. So how do we beat Ohio State? <laughs> How That's does one respond to report. that? Uh, first of all, everything you say about them spot on. Um, there are a couple of elements that go into play with this. Number one, so let's start with one of the intangibles that we'll just see how everything everybody reacts. They've played one road game all year, and that was at Michigan State, which is a very good crowd, but it's not this crowd, as you and I know. So they don't have a lot of, quote, road experience with silent counts and so forth. And it's not the quarterback. The quarterback's fine. It's, you know, how do the tackles react? How does the H-back react? You know, do, do they? You know, do you cause a false start or two, or are they so poised? They don't. They also haven't played in Beaver Stadium before a crowd in four years. Last time Ohio State played here with a crowd was 2018. Right. So these guys, so these guys haven't even experienced that intangible part of it. Next up, you've got to get you know, in watching the Iowa tape because Iowa's a really good defensive team, and so's Notre Dame, and they both did a really good job with that Ohio State offense, and they were able to do it. You know, Iowa does not trick you, as you know, Chris. They don't trick you. Uh, they are a team that that plays it pretty straight. They were able to get some pressure on him using a couple of blitzes. So he threw the ball in a hurry, didn't want to throw a pick. He did throw one to Campbell. Campbell picked it up. Campbell's a great linebacker. 
Yeah. But it showed me that, number one, Ohio State did in that game struggle running the ball, which was a surprise. But Iowa, again, is terrific defensively. They're off. I mean, Chris, you needed to pay me to watch the Iowa offense on that tape. Uh, and, and then they did a good job of getting pressure on him. In the first half of that game, Iowa turns the ball over five times. And they held four of them to field goals. The fifth one, Eichenberg ran back for a touchdown. So yeah. they did a good job. So you, you know, if you play it right, you're able to do some work against them. What they do defensively, and this, you know, and Penn State does this too. I mean, I always love when I bring up what one team does. Well, how come Penn State doesn't do it? They do it. Okay, they do when they, especially when they get to their dime package, they disguise their coverages really well, mm. and so they will try to bait you into something that. You'll, you'll regret the second you let go of it. So it's not just that Sean has to see it, but the receiver has to read it as well. Just like the same thing, Strav will have to do the same thing against Penn State's defense because they'll disguise coverages. But that's been a Jim Knowles trademark over the years. And now you don't have to listen to the pregame show tomorrow on the keys of the game because that's actually one of mine. So. <laughs> well, I was and thinking you, that... Uh... A, and you have to get off to a good start. The in this Penn game. State secondary is probably one of their strong points. Is no doubt. Is that would you agree? No doubt, no doubt about it. And that was one of the big problems against Michigan. They only got into the sub package with the secondary six times the entire game, right? And that was really important. And the other part too is you have to get off to some semblance of a fast start in a in a mm. game like this. And fast start is not just you scoring, but keeping them off the board. They've scored in their opening drive in six of the seven games this season. So you want to make sure that you get them in a spot where after the first couple of drives of the game, you're either even or maybe you're in front and you're making them play from behind because except for Notre Dame, they haven't had to do it. So is that a game tomorrow if you win the flip that uh, you decide you want the ball instead of giving it up? You know what? I think if they win the flip, personal opinion, they win the flip, I think they'll defer. Okay. I think the other you, thing, I think, the thing i got to ask you about, because, you know, I've been up there, Renee and I have been up there for a lot of the whiteouts over the years, and Ohio State was involved. And, you know, we were lucky enough to see that unbelievable win that year. But a noon game, uh, can the crowd be intimidating? I know it can't be like it is at night for a variety of reasons, but can they get into it the same <laughs> way? Will the, will the students come out? I mean, night games are just – hey, look, how many – Minnesota have five false starts the other night? That, that, yeah. that crowd does that. They, no doubt. And the variety of reasons, would that be the variety of beverages served at the tailgates? <laughs> yeah, and now inside. <laughs> yeah, yes, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, that's a little bit that's a little bit different, but still 110,000 yelling and screaming is still 110,000 yelling and screaming. Yeah. And Good. it's it's not it's not a big it's not a big crowd that's there to see with all due respect Northwestern or Central Michigan. It's a big crowd that's there to see Ohio State. So even though the level won't be a whiteout, it'll still be pretty high because of who the opponent is. Well, that's good to hear because, uh, you know, I know over the years, and, and, and by halftime, you know, they usually fill it up. But, you know, there's games that start in the student oh. section which like it's half full, and you don't, you can't have that. Oh, 
No, you can't. And when, by the way, when in 2016, we're doing the pregame show outside the Jordan Center, and there's Chris and Renee came over, wanted to make sure they said <laughs> hi, the whole thing. So yeah. remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, we, we've been lucky enough to be up there for some of those great whiteouts with, the, with Ohio State and other teams. And we were also there for that 6-4 game with that great Iowa team. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes you have to get in the bad, Steve. Kirk Ferentz deliberately, deliberately with a 6-2 lead, took a safety because he didn't think his team would give up a field goal. Wow. I got a lot of respect for Kirk Ferentz, but I kind of lost it after that nonsense last year about taking Last year, the nonsense last year, I had him highest of high respect. Knocked down a couple of uh, rungs on the ladder for me because of what how that played out. So, first thing I thought that when when they were doing that nonsense, so come on, you know what are you going to do? You're gonna you're gonna uh, lay down and stop the clock or try to stop their momentum. I mean, they got a plow horse offense. There's the last team in the world you do that to. I I, I said to their their play by play guy Gary Dolphin, I said, you guys huddle. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, okay, my argument's over with. <laughs> uh, that, okay. that was uh, unfortunately sometimes yeah. some of some of the people you really respect will do something, and as you say, you got to take them down a notch. Yep, and they'll be that'll be the whiteout game next year. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure if I'm guessing. So yeah, we got to get up there again. Uh, okay. It's been a little tougher with the Nittany Lion in that and uh, not I in know. existence the last few years. So we'll I see know. what happens. We want to get up there yeah. again. All right, hey, Renee, I hope that I graded out better this time. All right. <laughs> you're, you're always terrific. She, she's found a way now that we can get you on the computer in the state, co- in the state college station, and it, it synced up. We sat the other night watching uh, us, us play the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the Braves, or the Padres in that game, and listening to you and Jack, uh, the Minnesota game, and uh, it was distracting as heck to try and keep it in touch with both of them, but at least we knew what was going on at the time it was happening. Well, that means more than you know. Hey, my good friend, thanks so much. I will be in touch because, I, like I yeah. said, I feel like significant progress was made just in two <laughs> conversations. Okay? Thanks, buddy. It's always great to uh, talk to you, and uh, and I look forward to hearing you guys tomorrow. As always, and go get those Buckeyes. Yeah, you're the best, man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Happy Steve. birthday. Enjoy Happy it. birthday, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Bye. See you.